Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Dong and Rumpa podcast. We are here with part two of our chapter one analysis. We just talked for so long that we could not fit it into one episode, and we thought, you know, two part intro. We just want to give you a heads up that this episode will spoil chapter one Goodbye Despair. All right, and with that, let's get into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Welcome to the Dong and Rumpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. I have another note, and it is actually about Fuyuhiko. Before, it's right before Monokuma presents the motive. Fuyuhiko says, I can do it, you know? And everyone's like, wait, what are you talking about? And he's like, Basically, he's saying, like, I can kill somebody. I'm capable of murdering someone. I don't care about you guys. Like, I'll totally do it. And that is pretty much, like, what Byakuya was saying in the first game, too. He was like, I have what it takes. I don't care about you guys. Like, I'll do it. And Fuyuhiko also says, I live in a completely different world from you guys. Kill or be killed. That's the world I live in. And that's just, like, so similar. And then I think... It's Yeah, actually, there's a quote directly from Byakuya right after that where he says, Fuyuhiko, I understand what you're saying. There was a time when I thought the same way as you. It's it's like Fuyuhiko is so similar to how Byakuya acted in the first game. Yeah, major parallels there. And then we get our our classic motive, which is literally just the information that the memories have been wiped. Of all their all their school memories, that's what they say, have been wiped. But I think the thing that bothers me about this motive is they have no way of like backing up Monokuma's word. He could like literally be lying to them, and these kids don't have the precedent of previous Monokuma, right? To, of knowing that he is usually like pretty honest, if not slightly sly and manipulative. But he could be lying. He could not be lying, and they don't really know. But it's like the fear, the seed planted. I will say in the first game, though, when they're shown the motives the very first time, um, which is a pretty similar motive, they also don't have anything to back up Monokuma's word. He shows the videos, but the videos don't actually show anything for Makoto. His house was ruined, but it's like, what happened to your family? And it's like, we don't know. You know, you don't get to know. And so for this motive, it's like, well, I took your memories, so you don't know what happened. And and actually, I take that back. He says, Monami took your memories. And she's like, nervous, sweating, won't (laughs) say otherwise. Like, oh, you're not supposed to tell them that. I don't know what that accent was, but like... (laughs) Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Wow, guys. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) We also at this comedy show see uh, or like get introduced to the idea that there's a traitor um, because Monokuma has a weird role in this game because he's like, yo, I'm not running the show. This is all Monami. She wiped your memories. There's a kid here who's not supposed to be here. This is her game and I'm just going to drop these big bombs on you and see if you guys kill each other. And Monami's over there just freaking out. (laughs) Like, Yeah. (laughs) The traitor was interesting, kind of a, a parallel from the last one. Yeah. yeah. And once again, right off the bat, like we don't even have to wait till chapter four for Monokuma to start telling us there's a traitor. He already wants to plant the seeds of distrust in everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I also think we get to see 
a little bit more of how our protagonist differs in this game from the last because Hajime wonders if he himself is the traitor. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was wild. He was like, well, I don't have my memories. Like, I don't know who I am or why I was supposed to be at Hope's Peak. And so he's like, maybe it is me. And Makoto never wants doubts that he's there for Hope. You know, like, you know, maybe he's like, oh, I wish I had a real talent. I wish I was a real boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the reasons I like Hajime as a protagonist better than Makoto is because I think Hajime is... Like, there's a sense that Makoto remains unaffected by a lot of the events of the first game where he's like, I'm fine. Like, I just got to believe in myself, blah, blah, blah. Hajime is deeply affected by what's happening. And he is, like, really scared and very concerned. And it shows more than it did with Makoto, I think. And there's also, like, a moment when not only does Hajime wonder if he himself is the traitor, but he also, like he has a moment where I think he says something along the lines of like, when I thought about those words, like you must kill to leave this Island. I wanted to think that I would never do something like that, but I had to admit to myself that I really wanted to leave this Island. You know, like he acknowledges that, like that's something that is even could work on me. He's not immune to that kind of manipulation. And I think, yeah, that's, that's big. That is a big difference. You're really right. All right, we ready to move into party planning time? Party, party. Boy, howdy. Can I just comment on the fact that the supermarket on this island just has literally every possible thing you could ever need? It's a Walmart. It is. It's a Walmart. (laughs) You unlocked that that unsolved the mystery. It is Walmart. Yeah, I mean, the -the glow-in-the-dark paint was in there. There were night vision goggles in there. The rug on the floor i was like hello what also to carry that all the way by himself (laughs) like Like, what is that wow Uh, my my other question why didn't i why was it i mean i guess it was nagito's idea so everyone just kind of went with it because it gave them an excuse to not have to do any cleaning but like why not have like everyone pitch in to help set up the place it was all like all right nagito is gonna do it because he drew the short stick like <laughs> yeah like or why wasn't there like a p- party planning committee you know what i mean like why was it just one person like like in the office <laughs> yeah exactly like i yeah, actually have kind of a question based off of the chopsticks which is oh yeah now obviously he was gonna draw it because he's got the luck or whatever you know like yeah he relies on that and it succeeds for him but let's say he didn't you know, let's say he didn't draw the red chopstick. Do you think that Teru Teru still would have killed someone? We can debate about this, but I don't. Personally. I don't either. Because I. What if Nagito had planted the idea in his head that he was going to kill? I, I think that's kind of what triggered it in a way. Yeah. Right. Because Teru Teru was like, well, I do want to get off this island. And if I'm going to kill someone, it's going to be the guy who's like trying to commit another murder. You know, which doesn't make it right at all. I literally wrote a point that was like, if you wanted to stop the murder, why didn't you just reset the air conditioner? I literally was like, yeah, or like tell people. I, yeah, I actually think that his defense, and we we could get into this later if we want. Yeah, Yeah, let's do that. At the end of the the trial when he's, I have some thoughts about it. Oh, yeah, (laughs) we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. All right. So we're at the party. We have a blackout 
Ah. <laughs> yes. And if before we get to the blackout, there was one little thing I wanted to point yeah. out that I, I thought was just kind of a cool detail um, yeah. that when you look um, before the party like actually starts, when you're looking in the kitchen, so there's <laughs> the big meat on the bone <laughs> sitting on like the counter, right? And it's like the big caveman, whatever, like Hajime makes a comment about it. He's like, wow, a caveman would eat that. But when you're in the kitchen, like looking at it, there's like a little lamp that's almost like a little spotlight that's shining on the end of the bone that's sticking out of the slab of meat. And it's <laughs> cool because it's kind of like a little hint. It's almost like, hey, look at this. This, is, this thing is an iron skewer that is about to be the murder weapon. It's a literal spotlight on the murder weapon that you don't even realize until like you go back and look for it. But like... I just thought that was kind of cool. When I per- like first played through the game, I actually thought that the big ham, like the meat on the bone, was going to be the murder weapon. I didn't think it was going to be a skewer inside of it. I mean, I didn't go that <laughs> far, but I was like, okay, they cleared the kitchen except for this giant piece of meat. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just a little sus of you. <laughs> I don't know why, but like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone like picking up the big slab of meat and like smacking <laughs> someone over the head with it. Like, oh my god! Slap. <laughs> Pictured. Yep. Yeah. Did anyone else get really hungry during this chapter? Though? Yes, I wanted that meat on the bone. I wanted to try Sweet. the food. I mean, everyone's like drooling over it, and I'm like, Terra Terra is an awful person, but like, I want to try this food because everyone's making a huge stink about how amazing it is. That's and I don't great. know about y'all, but I love food. True. Food be good. <laughs> I just wanted to bring attention to this is not like a thoughtful discussion question. This is literally just a scene that I think is just iconic. Uh, it's very chaotic. Um, it's just like, you know, right before the blackout happens, it's just crackhead hours up in here in this cast of characters. Like, you literally <laughs> have Nekomaru, and we're going to bleep this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You literally have Nekomaru screaming about how he has to sh- bleep. Akane is shoving food into her face and like drooling. Gundam <laughs> is losing his mind because he lost his earring. And Byakuya is just like, can you all like stop? And Makira is like, let's take a picture. And everyone's <laughs> just like, like, and then the, the lights go out like right at that moment. But you're just like, as a player, like playing this game, I just had the experience of being like, who are these people? <laughs> like, I know. Chaotic are, energy. <laughs> there are no there are no brain cells in this cast of character. Byakuya has one, one brain cell. Maybe Hajime has like half a brain cell, but th- the rest <laughs> of them, none. <laughs> they, I don't even know what's going on. None there. too negative. <laughs> none too negative brain cell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we have the blackout. The blackout. I have a I have a specific blackout comment. Ooh, and it, it's it. related to like what we find out later by Ibuki's testimony. The, okay, there are two pieces of evidence that really bother me in this case. This is one of them. You know, oh, Byakia like obviously noticed something in the dark by the way he's like by the words he says. These, this is what he says. What the hell? What's going on here? This is he could have literally been talking about the blackout. Like, I don't understand why yeah. they were like, oh. He's clearly saw something because he could have literally been like, what the hell? What's going on here? Why is it dark? You know, and then Nagito goes, ow. But what if Nagito got like tripped over something in the dark and stubbed his toe? You know, like, I just, I kind of <laughs> I, like. I think the only line that this is, like, he could have been like, this is crazy. But the way it was voice acted was more like, this is like, 
like this, like what I am seeing, this. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hit me with that response. Fight me. I, I was going to make a voice acting comment. Oh, okay. I was going to say, in relation to how human beings speak as a writer and as an actor, <laughs> we talk I about act. this a lot. Did you know I act when I write? <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I joke like that so much people are going to think that's how I actually am. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so the thing is, is like human beings don't speak in full sentences ever. And so he could have literally just been like, you know what I mean? Like he could have just been like, this is, you know, and then like okay. showed something with his body like that. That's kind of like why I was like, that's not super solid. I there. definitely don't think it's super solid. Yeah, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. That, no, you're that bad, was weak, weak. <laughs> so an interesting thing, a little Easter egg that I actually realized um, in this moment is that those two lines, the what the hell, what's going on here? And this is our two lines taken from the Trigger Happy Havoc dialogue during chapter four, during the fourth trial. Bianca yeah. says that. Wow. During, you're and right. that's the exact same, like, it's it's not even like the same line. It's the same recording of that dialogue. And so I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was they ran out of time with Jason and Booth or like, I don't know. But I guess in regards to the voice acting, it's like that part wasn't I maybe intended to be voice acted a certain way. But I don't know. It's it. I agree with you, Caroline. Maybe that's part of the reason why it felt a little shaky because they kind of transplanted that dialogue. But um. But yeah, yeah, that's something that I, I realized playing through this. I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's the same dialogue. Yeah. What I, was you the know, second piece of evidence? I'm curious. Oh, it's, um, no, it, this isn't even like the evidence itself is like problematic. It's like the way it's written because it, it's the note. Someone will definitely kill someone. Who wrote that? Nagito <laughs> did. And it's worded in the worst. Like, why is it written like that? Like, yeah. <laughs> how about a murder will happen tonight? How about and it just I what? Ew, it I might have been might have been a translation yeah, thing, possibly, but I agree with you. It's not very suspenseful. It's like someone's definitely gonna kill somebody. <laughs> like it's like it's like they, a red herring note. Like, they like, talk a lot about that note, and I actually wrote a ton about it because they refer to it as both a crime warning and a threatening letter. And to me, it was much more of a crime warning. Um, that's a direct yeah. quote. That's not necessarily how I'd phrase it, a crime warning. Um, but it was like, someone will kill someone. That's not a threat to me. You know, right, I agree. it's a threat to that me in a one in 16 chance. That um, someone will kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, this is not a threat to Biakuya. And they were like, they're in the room, in his room. This is a little forward in the investigation when they find it. And they like open it up and they're like, oh man, whoever wrote this killed him. And I'm like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Did yeah, you that's a... read this crime warning? Yeah. <laughs> I have another note about the blackout. <laughs> um, and it's okay. It's literally just that I wanted to say I wanted to just praise this game again because like one thing that I love about this game that I think it did better than Trigger Happy Havoc did was the way that it created tension. And maybe it's the music because the soundtrack is incredible Oof. in this game. Yeah. But like the blackout scene, I was nervous. Like I was like, 
somebody's definitely going to die. We don't know who it is. We don't know how, but like you can feel the chaos in the characters. Like they're all like yelling over each other and it's just pitch black and it's like the scary music's playing and you're like, you don't know what's going to happen. And I just thought that that scene was really, really effective. And I just, yeah, it's yeah. just so good. I just love this game, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and then the lights come back on and Mekon is, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how like she tries so hard, you know, and like never really just like can I don't even know how to phrase it like control herself like be a human being <laughs> like not fall ever period yeah she's yeah. got like oh my god the the freaking like there's like a, a whole like rope of sausage links like wrapped all the way around her body it's like how do you even do that <laughs> like i'd love to know i wish there was like a way we could see you know like it just turn the lights on quote-unquote and see how that happened <laughs> yeah. i feel like we need to make a youtube video that's like one of us recreating like the, during the blackout yeah. what is happening during like with Nikon. i scream <laughs> that'd be so fun i'm down i love it oh my god and then right. akane sniffs we find the blood yeah she's a werewolf because she's a she's werewolf, a werewolf. That's canon. And then we find Byakuya under the table, dead. Our husband. And no, our I, husband. No, was like, dead. my son, my son, my bae. I like couldn't believe it. I was like, nope, sorry. This is not this how is you real. treat my anime boyfriends. So, Throwback so. to Trigger Happy Havoc when he was saying like, huh, good luck to anyone who tries to murder me because I simply won't die. Like, I RIP to them, but I'm different. <laughs> it was really sad so much for that yeah i mean what's so like sad is like byakuya made a promise that he wouldn't let anyone become a victim and he kept his promise by becoming the victim and that that is something that like before as we knew him in the first game like he never would have done so clearly he has gone through some character development here because this is something that in the past I don't think he ever would have done like he literally says in the fourth trial of Trigger Happy Havoc like nobody would sacrifice themselves for someone else like that's ridiculous we're all in it for ourselves and you know then we get to here and our king I know yeah (laughs) I think we should just take a moment of silence for him investigation quick thing the ac was set to 86 degrees i have that literally as a note that i didn't highlight to talk about what what and it's on heat not cool so like if it's any hotter than that which i imagine it is considering they're in a tropical paradise your ac is not gonna work buddy it's just gonna get hotter 
It okay. could be that they used the heat and set it really high so that it would trip the breaker even more because it's more energy. I accept yeah. that logic, but I mm, I was like, are you demonic? What? I That'd mean, be miserable, though, to be in that room with the heaters running like when food, it's already... No wonder yeah. she got sick. It probably You're went right. bad. <laughs> You're right. Pekka got food poisoning because the food spoiled from it's sitting correct. there in 90 degree heat. It's canon. <laughs> probably more than that. Probably way hotter than that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Byakuya bringing everyone in together to keep an eye on them really reminded me of the like winking game um, or sometimes blinking game. I don't know if there's like another name for it, but that's where you like walk around at a party and someone's the killer and you blink and like they die. You know what I mean? And yes. it was yes. kind of that vibe throughout the whole party. Like it's like you're trying to figure out who the killer is, but you can't tell. And it's such a simple action. And then they're just dead. And it's like, well, who is it? Who was it? Like, we were all here together. That was kind of my vibe. Yes, we, um, I'm in a, a student organization at my school that we do like retreat kind of fun, like sleepover nights or whatever. And we'll play a game called body body. And it literally is like, it's like that where you're walking around in the darkness and you've drawn cards and one person is the killer and you don't tell anyone like who you are or whatever. And you walk around in the darkness and you tap someone in the shoulder. And if you get tapped, then you lay down and like you've been murdered. Um, and you're trying to like find out who the killer is. And it's literally like Jong and Rampa. It's like you're just in a group. You try to just find out, try you know, throwing accusations at people and trying to figure out who it is. <laughs> it reminds me of Jong and Rampa every time we play it, but it's so fun. Like, oh, I love it. And I feel like that game, it's sort of like the the effect that this party scene has on the player of Danganronpa 2 is the same sort of feeling as like, as if they're playing that game, right? Because it's like, we all knew, we all knew it was going to happen at the party when we rolled in. We were like, this is where it's going to happen. We all know. But yeah, anyway. That's yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, my last thing from investigation is Mikan's autopsy. Woo! Yep. I love her. Oh man, Queen. And it's the first time we get like like Kyoko would like tell us like what happened, but it's she it's like very official. It's like she will yeah. tell you every detail of everything, be like, here is my autopsy. Yeah, literally. I wrote down, I took a criminalistics class. Um, and so we talked about different wounds and things like that, and like, you know, how it looks. And knife wounds um, look very specific, because if you think about a knife shape, it has like kind of the curved hilted blade, right? I mean, some knives like swords have a double edge. And so those look a little bit different. It looks a little bit more like a diamond shape. But for a knife wound, it looks like a triangle. Whereas for something like a skewer, like what was actually used, it would be more of a puncture wound, um, more of a circle. And so her, like her looking at the things and measuring and like looking at the shape is actually a very exact science. And like gunshots versus knife wounds look very different. For a gunshot wound, the entry wound is small and the exit wound is large. Whereas for a knife wound, the entry wound is large and the exit wound tends to be smaller. Um, and it's all based on the weapon shape and things like that. And I was just obsessed. I was sitting over here just like typing up my notes like, wow, Mikan, like we learned <laughs> the same things. And like, it was Aww, great. That's so good. Yeah, that's all I got. Ultimate Nurse yeah. Marin um, in the 79th class of Hope Speaking. <laughs> Hello, is I. I have one note about Monokuma Rock. I was going to also talk about Monokuma Rock. 
I've really, known about it. That's so funny. You, Caroline, you go first. Two things. One, hey, guess what? But Monaco Rock looks like Mount Rushmore. And, <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, that is that. And then also, I laughed out loud the first time I played this game with the janky escalator graphics of it coming out of the mouth. I was like, oh my God, that looks so terrible. Why does that look so bad? <laughs> I had a thing to say about Monokuma Rock and its resemblance to Mount Rushmore. So I can't help but find the Mount Monokuma more, Mount Rushmore, Monokuma Rock thing a little symbolic because like in American history, you know, it's like the English settlers and whatnot came in and like carved faces into this, these rocks that in the Black Hills, which were like sacred Native American land. And it was really like, they were just kind of coming in and taking it over for themselves. And it almost kind of resembles the way Monokuma comes in and takes over the island for himself. And like, cause he turns it, it's supposed to be like this tropical paradise, right? Supposedly where they're going on a school trip and he comes in and twists it in his own way and like makes it into his own killing game and whatnot. I felt like it, it could have been a little bit like an interesting metaphor, but I don't know. So let's talk about these mini games. All right. This isn't really a spoiler for the third game, but I will just compare the games, but I won't like talk about the specific games in the third game, but just the quality of the games. In my opinion, the second game mini games accomplish the best combination of like having enough variety that it's interesting and also not overloading it with obnoxious rules and silly stuff. AKA yeah. V3, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, I have something to say Ooh. about the rebuttal showdown mini game. Oh <laughs> my God, do I, uh, God, I, I gotta tell y'all that when I was first playing this game, the rebuttal showdown, it is explained so poorly. And I had so much trouble figuring <laughs> out the controls that I almost stopped playing the game. I almost was like to the point where I couldn't continue. I think I spent over an hour, I think almost two hours on the first rebuttal showdown, just trying to get through it. And like, <laughs> guys, that, that would have been the end of my dong and rampa journey. Well, I would have gone you to like watching a YouTube let's play instead of playing it myself. But like, I'm glad I persisted because this podcast might not have happened. (laughs) Oh my God. It was, it's just not explained. Well, I was like out here, like, Oh my God, just having a hard time. (laughs) Um, Oh, go for it. it. I was literally just going to say, similarly, when I played through this time, I had a hangman's gambit that was like that pro ZD video. Literally, I was sitting there for four minutes, you guys. I'm not even lying, waiting for the right letter. And it was just all the wrong letters. All around. I was like, this is tedious. Keep that in the podcast and link to that Pro ZD video. Yes. Oh, well, like yes. description. It's so good. It's so funny. Can we talk about the Panic Talk action minigame for this one? I actually had such a hard time with it and I've played through this game okay so I was like (laughs) I clicked through appropriate tempos and I got to like the end the like words and I really felt I was like bone on the meat the 
meat bone on <laughs> on the meat bone and it was like nope and i was like all right back to clicking and then i was like okay okay um the Literally. meat on bone <laughs> it was like nope and i was like okay <laughs> i think so many people including myself also had that where it's like uh bone on the meat on the bone meat on the meat I know, like meat on the bone is not an intuitive thought <laughs> but i will say going back I, I agree it wasn't intuitive but I also realized that going back and playing through the chapter bef- leading up to it I felt like an idiot because in the character dialogue they say meat on the bone like seven <laughs> times <laughs> just like in conversation but Hajime is like wow that's a really big meat on the bone or like the food comes out and, and someone's like wow look at the meat on the bone <laughs> it's like this five chickens all over again it's like meat on the bone <laughs> meanwhile Marin's over here like the, the meat on bone meat on the bone <laughs> I, no, I was in the you. same boat oh my god <laughs> yeah All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. But before we go, we want to know if you'd like to chat with us more and get involved with the Ultra Hope Girls community. If you are interested, we have a Patreon where you just have to donate $2 or more per month. um, And you'll get access to extra episodes, book club with Caroline, the ultimate literary girl, psych episodes with Maddie, the ultimate psychologist and ultimate nurse content. So we really hope to see you there. We love connecting with you all. We also have social media um, on all platforms. You can find us at ultra hope girls pod and we have a website check out our website uh ultrahopegirls.com we'll be right back after the break and we're back let's okay let let's why don't we venture into the various plot twists that happen truly spectacular like i was out here like okay so you know the first time i played this game you know i didn't know there was going to be an intermission and so i was like oh it's nagito oh my god and then they're like wait it's not nagito intermission and i was like intermission (laughs) i've been playing for two hours what are you talking about (laughs) yeah yeah good lord Also, I the intermission thing really freaked me out. Like, I think we might have talked about this in a past podcast, but I was like going through the case, you know, I'm finding the clues. And then it's like intermission. But when it blacks out, I was like, am I done? Like, did I solve Did I lose? I think I, I, like, I think I missed the ending, guys. Because like, here we are done. And like, I don't know who did it. (laughs) Were you guys, did they get you on the whole like guess the killer challenge thing? I was like a little worried. I was like, wait, are they going to actually make me guess the killer? And then if I get it wrong, I'm going to lose all my save data. What? Like, <laughs> And then they're like, JK, you can't. No, I don't think that freaked me out. I was like, huh, I hope I get this right. Bone on the meat. <laughs> like, Bone on the oh, meat. Oh, no, no. I mean, like at intermission, like. Oh, the little when like. When Monokuma and Monami oh, are there. And they're oh, like, guess the killer. <laughs> no, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that so bad. Who were you going to guess? I'm not sure. I can't remember the first time I played through. Obviously, the second time I knew. But, like, I I wanted to try. I was like, yeah, let's lose my save data. Let's see if I can be the ultimate gamer. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, I also, very brief comment. Um, another reason I like Hajime better than Makoto is his no, that's wrong 
is so much stronger. Like Makoto's is like, no, that's wrong. And then Hajime <laughs> is out here like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> There's a huge contrast, I think. Oh my that's gosh. That's really real. That's very true. <laughs> I also got to say, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, I guess, with Nagito, so we can cut this out if it's too repetitive, but, like, Nagito really brings this whole thing about him, like, always being on the side of hope to the point where he wants to cause despair to watch others solve it with their own hope. Like, whoa! Like, talk about just, like, literally, like, next-level thinking there, writers of this game. Oh my god! Just he's genius. so well written. Like, oh yeah, so good. I think he's like as an antagonist, like one of the best written characters. Yeah, in this I think this game also does a great job of picking antagonists that will be the most antagonistic to the protagonist, like protagonist. You know, because game the one people the pairs. Yeah, game yeah. one we've got ultimate hope, Makoto, luck, like happy go lucky, everything's fine, and Biakia, who's like, please stop, I like cannot stand you and then game two it's like hajime who doubts everything like isn't trustful he doesn't know what's going on and nagito is like we just have to believe and i'm gonna cause trauma in your life just to see if you can make it through it's perfect <laughs> like so i found the quote that i feel like you know i i like it for a title potentially but i think it kind of sums up the episode it, but it's refuted it's it's not a point that ends up being accurate but you know it's Nobody can see in the dark. No matter how hard you think about it, the truth is beyond your sight. And that's what it almost feels like after this hurdle of like Nagito being like e- evil. You're like, oh, intermission? Like, <laughs> that, you know, and that, that quote is out of context because it's leading to Ibuki being like, actually, I can hear in the dark, you know, and like, <laughs> that's the point. But I really loved the title, Nobody Can See in the Dark. I had a very brief note about like, some of the narration that happens during this trial, like there's like sass in the green text box that's explaining how to play the mini games. Like there's one part where it's like, I wrote it down, hang on, like where it's like, oh, you don't know about the the white noise silencer? I'm sorry, it appears there's been a delay in contacting you. I will make sure the person responsible for contacting you takes a very long vacation. I'm like... (laughs) What's going on? Like, was there tea in the Spike Team Soft? Video? I know, like, like it's meta as all get out. I out love here. It. it. The tone is very different. And at one point, right before the closing argument, it's like, wow, it's time for the closing argument. My throb is chesting. That's so accurate, though. I and it. I just lolled. I was like, oh my god. Maybe that should be our title. My throb is chesting. All right, squaddy squad. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, I said literally this note. We don't even have to talk about it. Imagine using the portable stove and burning yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That was something I was very nervous about. Like he's out here with an ice pick or a whatever thing and his stove wrapped in a tablecloth, which is clearly flammable, like Mm. walking in the dark. I was just like, this is so... What? Okay, anyway, you literally cut that out. It is so dumb. I think it's it's funny. funny. I think it's funny. Um, My next thing I wrote down um, is Todd Habercorn, King. 
which is in reference to his quote where he starts going into the Southern accent. It's like, what are y'all even saying anymore? I'm telling you, I was in debt there dining hall during the blackout. It's <laughs> like, whoa, Todd. Like, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, is this supposed to imply he's American? Is that the, like, what is happening? I think there. in the Japanese version, he just takes on a different dialect of a very, like, like um, I guess rural or definitely like a different dialect of not a big city Japanese. Guy. Yes, not Got a big it. city. And and so in the like English version, they tried to make it like be an equivalent, which would be like a really thick Southern accent. But it's it's like this. It's like I don't even know. It's like this Cajun like Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> and Monami's like translating for it. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. Oh man, I wanted to talk a little bit about and just say like not like question Biakuya's decision to sacrifice himself because I'm, I'm pretty sure like it comes out I think in, maybe in Chiaki's words at the end where she explains like it wasn't just that Biakuya was trying to prevent Nagito from stabbing somebody it was that Biakuya would have seen Teru Teru under the floorboards with his night vision goggles and saved Nagito and so like I like as admirable as that is, I almost can't help but wonder if that in a way might've been the wrong decision because if he, Byakuya is the only one who witnessed what happened and then he became the victim, like that puts the rest of them in a really tough spot of like, if he had stayed alive, he could have just said, Hey, this is what I saw. This is what went down and prevent them from possibly risking getting it wrong in the trial. Like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. So here's, here's what I think with that. Um, I don't think that they would have believed Byakuya because, hmm. like, I guess granted they'd have Mikan's autopsy, you know, so hopefully they would still listen to that. But you have Byakuya and Nagito under a table. There is a knife under the table and Nagito is stabbed. Byakuya comes out of the table and says, it was Teru Teru, who everyone thinks is in the kitchen and would be able to get back to the kitchen in the time that the chaos was like kind of happening. And so like, I think it would have been a very difficult argument to make, maybe. True. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I think he's also a man of his word. Um, and very he much said- so like, we will not have any of you murdered, you know? So, like, but I see what you're saying. It's an interesting, like, point, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess you don't have time to think in that situation. Like, it's a blackout. This all happened in the span of, like, 15 seconds. So he was like, oh, my God, I got to get Nagito out of the way of the stabby stab. And it's not like... <laughs> the stabby stab. Yeah. But also, going off of that, I think... So I'm pretty sure that it's, like fairly canon i guess they the way they explain it is that like nagito was intending to die like he was like trying to get terror terror to kill him in a way or he was simply trying to get terror terror to act and do something but like i i personally am of the opinion that nagito was intending for terror terror to kill him but i think it's interesting to consider what might have happened if Teru Teru never got involved and Nagito did try to stab somebody like who would his victim have been I gave that a little bit of thought and I came to the conclusion that the most likely victim I think would have been Hajime because not only was he standing closest to Nagito during the blackout but he also like Nagito has taken like a special strange interest 
in Hajime. I think he sees them as similar to him because they're like big admirers of Hope Speak Academy. They're like these two guys. I don't know, but that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, but I don't know if you if you guys. What are your thoughts on like that whole thing with Nagito? But I think that he Nagito would have died if Terra Terra. I think that that was his intention. Okay, so I agree. If he had one to two or whatever and if it had ended up that way i think he would have let tarot tarot kill him but i don't think his statement of i'm willing to die for you guys stops at just being the victim because you are killed as the blackened and so i think he would have been willing to be executed for the status of hope as well okay i was thinking that too like i don't necessarily yeah yeah i guess that's it the way that he hinted to Terra Terra about the gap under the floorboards and the secret passageway like under the boxes in the storage room though makes me think that he was trying to give Terra Terra the idea of being like oh I'm gonna cause a blackout and in the middle of the darkness in this blackout I'm gonna be under this table with this glowing paint right here that's where you can find me and oh you can also get under the floorboards via this secret route hidden behind these boxes so like that that's where i'll be like you know and then like stab me right. ten yeah, o'clock. The, the, the obvious conclusion from that is oh my god is nagito telling me to go under the floorboards and stab him from there you know what i mean it's like an interesting thought with that is that let's say he was stabbed under there nagito and byakuya doesn't have the night fishing goggles whatever so they all get the light back on and they go and they find nagito how do you think they would have explained the knife with the glow in the dark paint taped to the like thing I think it would have been like somebody went for the knife under the table and stabbed Nagito and got away with it. But Mikan's autopsy would have said otherwise. I think they would have figured it out. I mean. Yeah, like I'm not sure that's the easiest thing. And half the reason it took so long in the trial is because Nagito was defending Teru Teru the entire time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if it would have gone necessarily as well, quote unquote, for Nagito had his original plan worked out. So Terutero's motive, he claims for a lot of the, like his defense, once you figure out it's him, whatever, that it was self-defense or it was <laughs> in honor of all of the other students. No. I have a severe problem with that. Especially considering the fact that he knew about Nagito's plan and he could have stopped it in so many other ways. Like when he says, I was just trying to get like to stop Nagito from killing one of you guys. It's like, no, you weren't. And Monokuma even calls him out on it. He's like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, like you just stop you just saw an opportunity and you yeah. took it. Like that's literally what he did. It is literally the trolley problem where there's fifteen students on one side and maybe your mom behind a curtain. You don't know. There's a curtain there. And <laughs> and she might be there, she might not. Okay. But then you pick to kill the fifteen. Like what yeah i I don't know anyways that's well you know in response to that hajime says something that i feel like is like the reason why like we've alluded to in the past or maybe blatantly said that i'm i'm a communicator i love to communicate about everything because that way there's no drama and that's tea but hajime says if only i knew how he felt something like this would have never happened Teru Teru, brother, communicate your feelings to your <laughs> friends and maybe you can work through them with some friends. You know what I'm saying? 
But you know what I mean? I was like, Hajime, you right, brother. Talking yeah. to people, truly, truly an important thing to help manage emotions sometimes. Really, yeah. <laughs> Everyone you in know, this game needs therapy. Yeah, <laughs> y'all, like, oh my God. I will say, maybe you guys will hate me for this, but it's not really like, I don't really think it, it might come across as like playing devil's advocate a little bit. I don't really see it that way. It's just kind of something I experienced while I was playing this game is that um, Territory's execution is like just out there. Like I said, like this game ups the absurdity factor, you know, it's, it's like just really, but it's like awful to watch in a way. I mean, like, I remember since this was my first execution being really shook and being like, wow, Danganronpa really went there executing <laughs> a kid. And like, and even the way that he screams for his mom, like before he gets executed, it's like, yeah, he's horrible. Like he's a horrible person. He's a perv. He killed someone like nobody likes him for good reason. But there's still almost like a little bit of you that I think that, or at least of me, that like felt a little bit bad for him. And like, I remember talking to Caroline after playing through this first chapter. And I remember like having this conversation with her over text and saying to her, like, I hated Teru Teru, but I still feel like he didn't deserve that after he got executed. And it's like, yes, he did something awful, but it's still just like so horrible to then see the the punishment, the aftermath is just like, and I will also say, I do think, I think Terror Terror is a, like terrible, terror, terrible um, <laughs> person and he did something really awful. But I think he feels remorse at the end. I do think he does because he, at one point I have a quote from him. He actually says like, um, the quote is, I think I'm the one who went crazy. It's right after he's I been found that. guilty. Yeah. And I was like, I, that's a little bit like, it's a little real, you know, like it's a little bit, I think that is the first time that he actually wakes up and realizes like, Oh my God, what have I done? You know? And cause he knows he's about to get executed. And in a way, that's another thing I like about this game a lot because we get to see more of the feelings behind the first black end versus with Leon. I think it was really just, it was kind of short. It was like, eh, it was self-defense. <laughs> and we were like, no, it wasn't. And he died. And like, but here it's a little more complex and I appreciate the complexity is, is all I will say. Yeah. I feel very strongly about like a lot of these people's guilt. I mean, clearly I, I've made that very clear. However, I actually really don't like the death penalty in real life um and in the game but mostly in real life and so like <laughs> i don't yeah. like the punishments that these people go through as much as i sit here and say like these people are to blame and they should take the blame that they deserve i don't think that being executed and stuff like such a graphic and horrifying way is okay not by any means so no i don't hate you for that i actually agree with you um yeah, but I uh, I just wish these people would, like, take credit for what they've done. Like, not obviously during the trial. They're going to fight to lie. But, like, when they're found out, it'd be cool if they weren't like, oh, but it was okay, right? No! <laughs> like, anyways, that's... Yeah, but that's also why I, I, I bring up that quote from him where he's, like... I, I think he does feel a little bit of remorse. 
Yeah. Can I jump in really quick before you yeah. rebut? Yeah. Um, I, I also like, so based on that, Maddie, I was just kind of sitting here thinking like, what if like, okay, none of these 16 people, if they were like in normal life, living their lives would ever do something like this. You know what I mean? Like I, I would, probably I would not. say <laughs> they probably would not do that, you know? And, and like, I mean, we got Fuyuhiko who's like, I'm going to, I don't know somebody, if he takes yeah, complete right. ownership of like what he did wrong. But what I do think is that he, in retrospect is like, man, like that, these psychological games that were being played, like broke me very like early on. Like, and I thought I was sane going through yeah. all this, but now I'm realizing that I'm not. So I'm not saying that he admits guilt, but I am saying that I think he realizes how the game ha- had an effect on him very early on. Like, I feel like not not a lot of people were broken, <laughs> I guess, by like what Monokuma said in this time is the motive, whereas he has a weaker backbone or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it was the game, though. I think it was what Nagito said. And you could argue that Nagito saying, I'm going to kill someone, he was like, oh, well, I, I need to get home to my parent. Like, I'm going to kill first, not I'm going to kill, you know, like, so like, yeah, I, I agree that I don't think he's taken guilt or like, well, I'm sorry, that I don't think he's taken the blame, the full blame, um, which is what I really would love. <laughs> but like, I mean, he might have changed a little or realized that things had gone wrong, but like, even after he's found out, it takes how many minutes for him to be like, huh, am I crazy? Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. That I think even though Teru Teru is terrible and is one of our least favorite characters ever, he's, I think he's really well written. And that's like one of the things I kind of appreciate about this game is like, yeah, I, I, he's like a well written complex character that you hate and you know you are justified in hating because he's not good but he feels human in a lot of ways i think the one character that i haven't really mourned in my time of danganronpa was hifumi um yeah. mourned you know, my time in my time <laughs> in my time it has been many moons <laughs> um no but like i the fact that even though like we did our tier list episode and there were what three people on my A tier, but I still felt bad and felt something for all of the other characters, save one, you know, that's incredible for a game to be able to do that. And like, so yeah, I don't want to come across like cold and callous. You don't, I don't think you do No. Yeah. It's, it's like, not at all because like we said, Terra Terra is Um, and like yeah yeah, he did something horrible and you know that's not excusable but i think morally there are very clear boundaries here but humans don't act morally Mm -hmm. a lot and like that's kind of the point yeah yeah agreed (laughs) so my very last thing is just a last couple of notes um like some revelations that we figure out at the end nagito declares that he will be happy to cooperate with anyone who wants to kill him and then also we see the countdown on the, the clock in the park says 19 days until what? We don't know. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> All right. So for this round of Bedwed Behead, we are going with the three individuals who I guess are, were most heavily involved this trial because usually we do the dead. Um, but in this case, we have 
the two who have died. We have the victim, Byakuya, murderer, Teru Teru. And we are also having Nagito in this one because he is also very, very heavily involved in kind of the murder scenario. So who wants to start us off? I actually can start if you want me to. This, is so, this one is so easy for me. Please for do. Very easy. I would wed Byakuya, want that money, and like, <laughs> just, like we just love and stand Byakuya. And please, can we bring him back to life? Because I'm not okay. All right. Um, I would bed Nagito. Uh, he's kind of, I think he's my type. Um, I could... Yeah, I can see that. And behead Teru Teru. No question. Don't want anything to do with him. I don't want to wed him. I don't want to bed him. He's going under the guillotine. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Another graphic execution for Teru Teru. He's going under the guillotine. (laughs) Um, I have the same answers as you, Maddie. Um, Nice. Byakuya is very cool and composed. Um, and I like that he steps up and says, like, I'm the leader. I'm <laughs> like, all right, cool. I'll do the autopsies, you know? <laughs> we'll make a good pair. <laughs> Nagito agreed wed, you know, that's you pretty easy. Bed He's or so wed? Interesting. Oh, sorry, 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 bed. Uh, I was bed like, wed Nagito, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just wed them all. <laughs> Not Teru Teru. Uh, no, under the guillotine for him. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. I would wed Byakuya. I love him. I wish he was real. <laughs> um, and then I would bed Nagito. Because I think that would be interesting. Definitely. And then I would behead Teru Teru. Wouldn't even befriend. <laughs> All agree. <laughs> nice. We are in agreement. All right, everybody, that is the end of our episode for Chapter 1, Part 2. Thank you all for tuning in. It was a really good time. If you're interested in tuning in to an extended version of this episode, because we had to cut a lot of cool content for time, subscribe to our Patreon. We have a bunch of exclusive and bonus episodes on there where we get to talk about all things Dong and Rumba. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr. We're Ultra Hope Girls Pod, basically everywhere. And if you want to learn more about the Ultra Hope Girls and how we came to be, check out our website, ultrahopegirls.com. You can submit questions, see what's coming up. It's a good time. All right, that's it for today, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.